0: We've been here now for some days. I'm going to do a little review of some of the uh, suggestions we've been offering you to include in your awareness as you practice here. I used I still hear in running around in my head from the 80s when I practiced in the Goenka style. Goenka's voice saying, start again. and We're always starting again. You don't progress meaning that you forget the beginning stages. We always begin the same. We keep the beginnings with us. So we begin. One of the ways we can begin and we did here is relax. More subtly now, you can see the more subtle holdings, the little frownings as your eyebrows pull together slightly and you can widen them. The little clenchings of the jaw, you can relax your jaw. Those ways we habitually hunch the shoulders or stick the face forward. Many years of habitual holdings need regular visits and relaxings and remindings. Unclench the fingers if they tend to clench again and again. Soften the abdomen. It can often get hard or tight, a little guarded. One of the habits we have when we're at all tense is to draw, maybe microscopically, but to draw our limbs in like uh, turtles or tortoises do. you wrap on their shell, they withdraw their limbs. Head comes in, arms pull up in. See if there's any of that pulling in. You can release around those big joints. Shoulders, release the arms. Hips, release the legs. Head can float, be released at the neck. Relax, and internally relaxing. Relax the heart. Safe, peaceful, quiet place here. Right now, nothing to do. Relax the mind and the mental busyness. Nothing to do. Relax into being. And there's this opening, opening up, becoming available, receptive, open to allow whatever's coming by, coming in, coming through, moving through, leaving, to come, to be, to go. Opening up with this practice of hearing letting sounds just come and go as they do disappearing into silence, let silence be there let sounds move through the silence open available feel the openness of the place let the spaciousness of this particular piece of land Open your mind, your awareness, your heart, your body. Let your eyes, when you're outside, gaze far. Let yourself look up. We don't want to, in our quietude and settling in and being self-reflective to narrow us down. Box ourselves into our small story. The vastness of the world, the vastness of our awareness, the boundlessness of our caring. Open. and our open and our caring, being interested so we can connect with and then sustain our attention with whatever may be arising. Relaxed, open and interested. Calm and alive together. Balancing these two, interested and yet settled back. Feeling the moving, the subtle moving between those two poles. The balancing of them is done by being aware of them, not by then having to do something. As soon as we notice we're settled back and very back, Oh, that interest of even noticing it brings alertness. As soon as we notice we're getting a little tight around something, the noticing of that is what helps us relax, back off a little. Just like the awareness of little frownings is all it takes to unfrown. Awareness that your shoulders are hunching is all you need. And then the relaxing will follow. As we open, as we relax, as we connect, as we stay, remember, we're feeling what that's like, we're sensing into We're attuning to the effect energetically, to the experience of being open or relaxed or grateful or interested. These aren't tasks and there certainly aren't concepts. These are experiences, ways of being, opening, patient, tender. Interested. Gentle. And then we are inquiry every so often. We're curious about our experience. What's happening? What else is happening? What does this feel like when this is happening? How am I experiencing this? Not looking for anything, no goal, no object, curious about the mysterious unfolding. And then last night I added the element of trusting, doubting, One piece I didn't add, I'll now add, in my long reminders of the unreliability of so many things we turn towards for security. It's an example, one of Joseph's examples. This journey can be described as going up in a plane, an airplane, and gonna do a skydiving jump, and we go up on our journey in our plane and then we jump and then we realize right away that we don't actually have a parachute and for a while, hopefully brief while, we're afraid, we're falling. And then sooner or later we realize that yes, we're falling, but there is no ground. And there therefore is no crash. There is no end to the falling. We are falling and everything is falling. And everything has always been falling and will always fall. And we relax into this feeling of uncertainty, of opening, of flowing onward mysteriously. As we relax into this, we are trusting being present is the way to freedom looking for certainty, looking for an end, looking for something, anything, is tension, is entangling, is worrisome, is graspy, is pushy, is fearful. Receiving, allowing, is trusting. Even without knowing certainly, Trusting this way of living, of practicing, of being. Relaxing right here at home with whatever is coming through. Quiet. Friendly. As we practice this way, the quiet, the shy, wise part of our awareness knows what's going on, is here with us, yes, this is what's happening, yes, this too, mindfulness knowing and riding lightly anchored to whatever we choose to anchor ourselves to if anchoring feels helpful resting at home with the breathing getting to know it a little refining that subtle awareness or sinking into the sensations around the hands as a way of settling gathering the attention floating the attention along in the body as it moves through space, walks on the earth. When walking, lightly at anchor here in the present moment. Here, now, Relaxing. Interested. Available. Sometimes moving our attention towards a particular experience, resting there, can can for some of us feel like we're narrowing the aperture of our observing, honing in on something like telescoping. And then there are times when we play with that aperture and we can widen it and have more information being known simultaneously. Sometimes we can widen our lens of awareness really wide telephoto taking in sounds and birds and sky and body and thoughts floating through start to play with the aperture of our awareness. No right, no wrong, just play. If we stay too narrow, what will can happen is tension and seeking, leaning into wanting, busyness, becoming agitation. If we open the aperture too wide for our steady awareness, we can get lost, vague, drifty. At some point we can notice these sloth and torpor can set in. So then we narrow down a little bit, get closer to something. What's this like? Playing with this, focusing. trust, not trust, is so fundamental to our humanness, to our human living, we're afraid. Of course we're afraid. We're vulnerable. It's unpredictable. It's going to end in the the end. (laughs) We're sensitive. We're afraid. To actually encourage and learn how to trust it's a huge, huge shift. As soon as we're afraid, we grab, we clutch, we push, we try and fix, we want to get to the end of something. That's all of the behaviors we do are ultimately coming from that we don't trust, that we can't trust it. We've got to do something. In the moments we we can release that fear, the fear subsides, there's this, flowing, like that metaphor of falling, with no crash. It's not dangerous. We don't need to be afraid. It will be difficult sometimes, painful sometimes, and maybe more painful, and then that will shift, and then we'll move on, and life will continue. It flows on. Some of you know of Jill Bolte-Taylor, who wrote the uh, My Stroke of Insight book, and who gave that one of still the most popular TED talks. Who had the stroke on the left side of her brain, and she's a neuroanatomist. She knows all about the brain, and she says clearly, she's a, not a Buddhist, not a meditator. She experienced only functioning in the right hemisphere for a long time, and she said, in in that state, she says, I am a fluid, and when the left hemisphere is functioning which is where the fingers grasp when we're afraid. I am a solid. That's her own words. She's not got any meditation background. When we can be with, it, there's a trusting the unfolding of it all without the fear that oh no, I've got to do something. Oh, uh," resistance. It's very fundamental. It's very primal. It's very subtle. It's very central. Watch inside yourself. Uh, and then the reaching to do something, and then ah, and the releasing. And the Buddhist teaching is just this, freedom from that struggle, that (gasps) into like ah, just this, just this. It's so elemental, fundamental. And so it's not freedom from anything, it's freedom with everything. good, bad, is about solid things. Those words don't apply in the flow. There's no such thing. Things are more pleasant, more, whatever they may be, excited, sad, dull, but not right, wrong. That doesn't enter into it. That belongs in that mode of solid where we have dukkha, where we create dukkha for ourselves. We have some time for some questions, please. Hi. Yes, right. <laughs> so uh this is what's your name? Hi Janice, right. Uh, So when we say, may you be happy to our brother, who are we speaking to? We're getting into this territory between what is actually real and what does that mean even. So a way of holding this that's helpful is that there are kind of two, two dimensions going on simultaneously. The dimension that we mostly function in, is w- which is sometimes described as the relative reality, the world of subjects and objects, where you're you, and you're called Janice, and you have a brother, and you, like your brother, care about him, send him some love, and that is a reality, it's a, it's a realm of reality in which we all function, and our whole world is, is operating on that level, and it's real. But it's not the only reality. There's a deeper dimension simultaneously going on where life force is happening, where the individuating, where the discrete separate things sort of become more blurred, where there's the general, where there's the shared. And on that level, you are your brother. You know, love is just what goes between us when, like, your right hand cares about your left hand. On the one hand, it is. They're separate hands, and on the other hand, it's all your body. And when you know when your left hand hurts, your right hand tends to soothe it automatically because it's the same thing. And that's also another dimension of reality. And really, I think of it as people who seek spiritual life and any kind of spiritual endeavor is attempting to access that deeper dimension, which is going on and in which and through which the noble functions are available and the separate ones are where the judging and the fear and the expecting and the need and the anger and all the crashing and bumping happen. And so we're in this practice as with many different forms of practicing, praying, whatever it may be, um, we're becoming a little more familiar with that mysterious rather subtle dimension. So on that level, There is no you and there is no brother, there's just this experience of caring. And the division between them merges. On the relative level where we operate and have operated much more of the conscious lives, you do exist and so does he and you do like him and care about him and send him your wishes. Does that make sense? Hmm. Both are valid. Both are essential to our being alive. But both are essential, not one or the other. Not one is better than the other or preferable. But we've neglected the deep one and that's what we address in our meditation. It's what we become more familiar with accessing. But it's it's shy, I like that word, and it's mysterious and it's not so easily accessible. But we find ourselves in those moments more and more as we quieten down and we don't keep feeding the separating ones, you know, the we could not feed those behaviors. Germaine then Steve. Thank you. Could you all hear her? Thank you. Yes, how do we how do we do that? Do I fix it? Um, the way I feel like answering this is um, it's about it's more important in what we're developing here um, to access the clarity of seeing what's happening primarily. What we then subsequently choose to do is called pro action, but what tends to happen with us, and the mind is so quick, we're so conditioned, is we react rather than pro act, and so we we don't like this, and we, and we we function out of this unconscious being triggered. When it's pleasant, we want it. When it isn't, we don't. If it we don't know in between, we go confused. That unconsciousness. As we develop consciousness, clarity quiet, more space, equanimity, then we don't like whatever it is, this color. And so, but rather than like, I hate this color and I'm going to fix it, it's more, hmm, what would be more helpful? And then we can choose to paint it a different color, but we're coming from a place of uh, sort of wisdom, preference, rather than the automatic rejection or hatred and anger that's that's what causes pain. Causes conflict because it's not really being. We're not seeing the whole picture. So it's really a slowing down internally, and um, having some understanding about it. So we then can choose with more information or uh, a little more. This wisdom is where you know. There's room for wisdom. We we're so hasty. We rush to leap to conclusions and opinions. And we when we function out of that we're just not in touch with that shy part that I was just t- talking about with Janice, which is, it's subtle, but we need a certain quietude and steadiness to be able to behave in more considered ways. We're remembering that everything I do and think and say has an impact on me, on people, on you know my ongoing well-being. Is this going to support that? When Pascal's talking about the movement from the tangles to the unentangledness, or untroubledness, is when we do this with as much information as we reasonably can. And so we do this with some care. We proceed deliberately rather than just automatically. That's the difference. It's not that we don't do things and we don't choose things and we don't change things and we don't fix things. We don't fix them out of unconscious reactivity. We fix them out of conscious choice. And therein is the difference. It's the quality of it. Stephen. Yes, it sounds like more trust in general and more trust in your worthiness, our worthiness. Our, you know one of the things that Jack Cornfield does often, which is in this he he says, Oh noble ones You know he dresses us in our bigness, in our validity, in our sincerity, in our authenticity, in our w- wisdom. And accessing that is our worthiness, you know the Buddha said, there is, we should say this every day, there is no one in the entire universe any more worthy than us to receive our well wishes, you know. We're all worthy. And it's the small one that doubts and that blames and that, you know, is ashamed and all those other things that we do and we get constricted into. And fear makes that happen. And when that's absent, then there's more like, you know, When I talk about that experience I had that was so significant in my practice when I went from like, come on, come on, come on, to like, you know, Heather, you're okay. (laughs) It was the same kind of feeling. And it was like the absence of that fear and having to fix and change and that driving in my case to being like, it's as it is, you know. We are worthy. You're doing a good life here. Relax now. It's that movement. And it takes its own... You know, words and experienced for us all in our own ways. But it sounds the same. It sounds like that moving into more trusting. So, mm. and this, you see, can't be taught. This is your own, you know, wisdom growing and showing you and understanding. And no one can t- t- give it to you, and no one can take it from you. You know, this is because why our own practice is our own teacher. That's correct. No one can tell it to you, yeah. We just can teach you some of the suggestions and try these things for yourselves. You are your teacher. Your practice reveals, you know, that's why it's called insight meditation. The Buddha said, Ehipasiko, come and see for yourself. Check this out. Don't just believe it. Try, see what happens. Yeah. Thank you, Stephen. Yes, hi. Would you speak up? Would you repeat that and speak up? Goenka, start again. Yeah, it it can it can serve exactly in that way. It can just like, okay. Here I am. Okay, I'm sitting here. I'm in my body, right? I'm here. I've come on retreat. In whatever way you you reground, center, disentangle. Okay. Let me just start right here where I am with back to the breathing if that's what settles you back to remembering that you care about yourself, if that's what settles you, back to remembering that you're in a group of people, if that's what, anything, it doesn't matter what the start is for you, but it's it's the breaking that, oh, I got lost on a train, I've gone off somewhere, okay, let me just come back and start again. Sort of refresh, reboot, that might be a, you know, let's just reboot, let's just, okay, go back to the beginning, okay, now, why am I here? I do actually care about my life, you know, something like that. How you do it doesn't matter. But I, I mostly when I said it just now, Jacob, I was like, we want to always remember, it's a, a humility about it, that the the beginning is all there is, you know, like we're not going away from the beginning, they're not like baby steps for babies and then we've graduated beyond that and we can forget that part. And I think of musicians, and I'm not a musician, I, I like to sing a little, but um, I've not ever played much of an instrument, I have a couple of times. But all musicians, it seems to me, practice <laughs> scales and, you know, and the beginning part, just to always have that available so that whatever wisdom can come through them, I think of it in the same sort of discipline. Not, not to ever get um, too clever and think, oh, I don't need to do that part, I know that. That was the reason I was suggesting it. And mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. It might be. That I'd like to not uh-huh, yeah. Okay.: So stop right there. <laughs> 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 Let's not suggest anything for. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. hmm. and, um, and so what we do and I'm saying that just because of the vulnerability of being here, and we're so in the middle of our retreat that I want you to be fully here -- is um, feel anxiety. Just feel the anxiety underneath the story, the detail, whatever that particular thing is about going into the future and come back here with it. Be with it. Okay, that feeling of anxiety. And just let that be your current experience and stay with your current experience. And what's that like? What does this feel like when I get that anxiety? What happens in my throat? What does my mouth do? What do my hands do? You know, Uh, what does my breath, how does it affect me? Ah, yes. So we're learning to be with that anxiety, with any anxiety, with any whatever anything is, as it's happening here and now, that's our practice we, when we're able to then make some space, go, oh yes, that's a little anxiety, we will find in our lives, in the future, after the retreat, that we're able to handle those moments with those skills more, and therefore be less caught in our whatever fears and needs, you know. So just, it's true for everything, but particularly when your mind is taking you away, come here. This is so precious to be this quiet these days, This momentum, everyone's getting so sensitive and slow and gentle. It's lovely to see, enjoy it. Don't fritter it away by letting yourself go too far into the future, ever, but now especially. But thank you. Okay. Thank you for questions. A couple of announcements, sort of, not really. Um, Meeting with you individually, the middle third of you today um i i would i'm having a request here that as you come and see me um that you help me with keeping on time C- because what happens is i get later and later sometimes and then the you know people have to wait and have to wait and some of you had to wait for quite a while yesterday so if you would o- help me with keeping an eye on the clock there is a clock there and knowing that we try and give each of you 15 minutes i know it doesn't seem long enough sometimes i'd appreciate your help thank you Um, And my uh, where I've put my doormats because of all the mud and all is on this the purple door that faces the dining room. I think Pascal, you're on the other end of your room, aren't you? People coming in your meditation hall side. You have both. Either or is fine for him. (laughs) I have one. (laughs) It's the dining hall side. (laughs) Okay. So no difference in walking the same emphasis, this the the merging of this moment with the next with the next with the next and not taking breaks. And just relaxing. It has to be done so lightly. Especially those of you who feel like, oh, I need a break. You know, this is hard. I've got to go have a cup of tea now. That means that there's, you're pushing a little too much and you your system is rebelling a little. And that's why it's saying, oh, God, I've got to go. So don't push that much. Just a l- f- It's really a fine learn to keep being here as lightly as you can so it's sustainable energetically easily. So that you want to just keep going instead of a little too hard and then you have to stop. It's way, 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 I know we've said it and we keep saying it. All these things we just repeat. It's a miracle to me that I can keep saying this for however many long I've been saying these same things. But they the need to be said, we need to remember. is um, It gets way easier when it continues. And we just keep gently going. It just builds its own power. It's powerful. It's when we stop, take a break, we have to get it going again. We have to like jump start the doshvo again, you know, out the front, <laughs> and crank it up. If it just keeps going, you know, long, 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 it just keeps going. And it just builds its own power that way. So continuity of practice is the secret of success. All day, all night, whole life enjoy.